and give thanks. Lord, we do just come this morning giving you thanks. Because, uh, Lord, we know that without you we can do nothing. Uh, that we are hopelessly lost without you. That it's your sustaining grace in our lives day by day. I'm thankful, as, as Peter tells us, we're kept by the power of God unto salvation and through faith. And Lord, uh, help us to trust more. Help us, Lord, uh, as Dad said, that our faith may be strengthened, that our faith would grow, and that you would become more and more real in our lives, and that we would yield to the power of your Holy Spirit as we listen uh, to your voice. Uh, so, Lord, uh, we're, we're a needy congregation. There are many sick here, and we, we lift them uh, to you and uh, other requests as well. And, and I would pray for my Aunt Kath, Lord, that you would just comfort her and be with her and uh, that you would be with Josh and, uh, and what he's having to do is stay in Little Rock and for a church there and for the bar exam. So, Lord, bless him and keep him focused. Lord, I would pray for Andrew and, and Morgan as we have been praying for them and Ben as they, as he uh, witnesses to them, as he encourages them in their marriage and reconciliation and guidance. Lord, all of this we, we ask. You're a, a God who is powerful. and You can change hearts. You change my heart. You're still changing my heart by your grace. And so, Lord, we, we just lift them to you. And, and for Aaron and Abby who are sick and others, Lord, who are out as well, uh, sick. Uh, Lord, we, we pray for your healing for them, uh, for David's sister Caroline, and the decisions that uh, she has to make as she come down and uh, comes down, and all the stress that she'll be going through. And so, Lord, just be near her, uh, and Lord, speak to her heart. Just draw her to yourself. And Lord, I just. Uh, uh, pray for the family. Uh, they'll minister to her and that they would help her in, in whatever way they can and that, uh, uh, that you would get the glory. And Lord, I lift up my friend Barry to you and, and his uh, seeking and his wanting to talk more. Lord, it just thrilled my heart when he told me he, just, he wants to know uh, what I know concerning the scriptures and Jesus and all of that. But I would pray it wouldn't be just to intellectually know it but it would be a, a real transformation of, of his life. And so I pray for those who are traveling, for, for Pat and Diane as they go back, and Christine and Devin and the children that, as they travel back, and others from the funeral that will be traveling as well that have come from out of state. And, and Lord, uh, I just thank you for your presence yesterday and, and your power and your, your grace. And uh, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. We'll talk this morning about Jesus and the Sabbath and two stories that are mentioned here. And... uh, Last week, as you remember, we talked about uh, the topic of fasting, and we saw uh, the presence of Jesus in one's life 
a real relationship with Jesus that changes your life, brings joy and delight. And we are the bride and He is the bridegroom and Christ is in us. And so there is no reason to be fasting, but feasting. And we need to celebrate every day when we wake up and just sing praises to Him and uh, uh, fix our eyes on Him. And as, as Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And I mean, if we would just do that, we talk about it and uh, have all the right answers, but are we doing it? You see what I'm saying? We, we have all the right answers. I mean, we're uh, a fundamental, Bible-believing church. But are we doing it? Or, or, or is, it just, is it just words? And I pray that it's more than that. Uh, you know, a gloomy-faced Christian, a crabby Christian, is a contradiction to the gospel. And I hope that's not characteristic uh, of your life. Uh, because if it is, something's wrong. Just clear, clear as, as I can make it. That that characterizes your life of doom and gloom. That everything is over. Uh, people don't want that. They have that already. Okay? And so, when people come in in this church, I want them to see Jesus in us. I want them to see Christ. And that He would be honored and glorified uh, through us. And He gets all the glory. But remember... Uh, he brings gladness rather than sadness. Amen. And I love, that, uh, I love that statement. That's not mine, but I found that. And so our Lord is going to apply this same principle to the Sabbath day issue. Uh, of course, this has been an issue that's been bounced around from here, there, and everywhere. And from there is no uh, uh, Sabbath as such anymore. There are only nine commandments and what have you uh, to... Abuse of it, uh, to uh, make it a legalistic thing, uh, to really and truly honoring God with, uh, with rest and worship. And we're gonna, so we're going to look at that. But uh, it is a day uh, of joy and work completed. That's what Sabbath means. It means a day of rest giving thanks, joy over work completed. We just read that passage, didn't we, in Genesis. And that's what God did. He stepped, now when, when it says God rested, it didn't mean that he was worn out. Okay, He was not worn out, believe me. Uh, God is all powerful. He could create 10,000 worlds and uh, it would not affect his strength or his power at all. He does not get tired. He doesn't need to rest. But what he did is he stepped back and reflected on what was created. And he said it's very good. Do we do that on Sunday? Do we take time on Sunday? Because I think Sunday is the, uh, the Christian Sabbath. Uh, <clears throat> and, and there's arguments over that. And so I'm not going there. Okay, If that's an issue to you, fine. But I'm not going there. What I'm interested in is this right here, your heart. What are you doing? Are you worshiping God today? Are you in here just filling up the pews and, and not having it to be about Jesus? See, that's, that's critical in the Christian life, that it's a relationship. It's, it's, uh, it's talking to Him and, and glorifying Him for who He is. 
because as Dad said, God is real. <laughs> and he really is. And <laughs> let, us, let us remember that as well. But the, the Pharisees, bless their heart, had taken the Sabbath day, and instead of making it a blessing, they made it a day of gloom and sadness. And, and they burdened the people down with all their rules. Don't let people burden you down with all of their rules, okay? Because you can't keep all of their rules. These little extra rules, but uh, God gave the Sabbath. Uh, Work six, rest one. Work six, rest one. That's the pattern. Now, again, uh, we will see that sometimes that's hard to do if you're a doctor or, you know, and... And we, I don't want to make it. I don't want to make a list for you to, of do's and don'ts to do on the Sabbath. I did not. I'm not up here to uh, make you feel guilty because you you're not living up to my list. Okay, it's not about a list. It's about a relationship and love and and honoring God and and obeying God. It's about obeying God and. Uh, let me ask you this. Is Sunday a day of blessing and a profit spiritually to you? This day that we meet together? Because we worship God every day. Okay? You should be worshiping God every day. But is it this day a blessing in, in, uh, uh, to you? It should be. It really should be. Do you thank God for a day of rest for Sunday? Just think of it said, work seven days. Work seven. Work every day. Work as hard as you can. And you never rest. Never rest. Now, don't, no, don't ever. No work. That doesn't sound like a blessing, does it? I mean, that sounds like work. And I'm kind of like Maynard G. Krebs. You don't know who that was, but when he heard the word work, it, work, you know, he'd, he'd jump back because he, he didn't like it. But we and he and his companions became, when he, when he and his became, uh, companions became hungry, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest. And he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. He entered again into a synagogue, and a man was there whose hand was withered, they were watching him to see if he, had, uh, if he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. After looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out, and immediately, we see that word again, began conspiring with the Herodians, who were their enemies, against him as to how they might destroy him. Amazing, isn't it? So concerned about these particulars, and they were conspiring to kill him. I mean, what a contradiction. How blind these people were. I mean, it's just amazing. It's just really amazing. Uh, Mark chapter 2, 23 through 
through verse 6 of chapter 3. You know, when you read the Gospels, be sure to always go to the other Gospels because sometimes they add things uh, to the story that is not in uh, that particular Gospel. <clears throat> For instance, Matthew adds, they, it tells and says that they were hungry. In, in, in Luke 6, it uh, adds that they rubbed their hands uh, in, against the, uh, uh, the stalks and the grain came out. Okay? So these things are added, and it's, it's beneficial to, to do that. And, uh, but were the disciples, by doing what they did, taking wheat as they walked along, was that sinful? Was that bad, what they did? The Pharisees said yes, but you know it's interesting. In Deuteronomy 23, 25, when you enter your neighbor's standing grain, then you may pluck the heads with your hand, but you shall not wield a sickle in your neighbor's standing grain. So yeah, you could. You could glean as you went along and, and, uh, and do that. But these Pharisees, who were very legalistic, were, were trying to uh, accuse them of stealing. But it wasn't stealing. It was the, a way for those who owned the grain to help those who didn't have much. Now, you couldn't get, stand there and fill up a, a basket with it, but you could sure glean as you went along. And so the Pharisees were there who had taken the Sabbath, which was meant to be a, a day of gladness, and made it into a day of gloom and sadness. Let me just ask, what is Sunday to you? Is it a day of gloom and doom? Or is it a day of gladness? I love Sundays because Sunday afternoon, I rest. <laughs> and it is the, my favorite time of the week before I go to work on Monday. You see, it's a time of rest and the reflection and being with friends, doing acts of mercy. You know, when we go home and just go to sleep, animals do that. You ever thought about that? But what we need to be more focused on, and I'm pointing my finger at me, is what do we need to do? Do acts of mercy. There might be people in the hospital that we need to, to visit. The sick, go see them. Uh, <clears throat> Maybe, maybe go to a, an old folks' home and, and, uh, and sing to them or, or whatever. But you see, this is what uh, is meant here of, uh, of the Sabbath. It should be a delight. It should be a time of reflection and joy, not gloom and sadness like these Pharisees had made it. Who made up all these sorts of rules that the Bible doesn't mention concerning the Sabbath? And we can do that today. But... Uh, <clears throat> And so what were the sins that the Pharisees accused them of? They accused them of guilty of reaping and rubbing their hands together, which they called thrashing, which would have been swinging. So they accused them falsely, and, uh, and that would, of course, been work. But Jesus comes to their defense. Aren't you glad Jesus comes to our defense? When the, Satan accuses you, Jesus comes to our defense. And then he says in verse 25 and verse 26 uh, here in Mark uh, 2, he says, and he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need 
he and his companions, when he and his companions became hungry, in other words, they had a, uh, a need, a necessity, how he entered the house in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest. And he also gave it to those who were with him. Wow. So what is he saying here? I believe Jesus is saying this. If David could break a ceremonial law, which was justifiable, to save lives because of a necessity of hunger, how much more can my disciples break your traditions, which aren't even God's law? And I think that kind of sums it up. Now if we go to Matthew 12, we read this. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priest in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice. Compassion, of course, is mercy. You would, have, would not have condemned the innocent. What did the priest have to do? What do I have to do on Sunday? Preach. What is that? Thank you. It's work. This is, this is my work day, you see. Now, am I breaking anything? No, I'm not. From Scripture, uh, the uh, sacrifices had to be made. Work had to be done. And I think uh, we, need to, we need to understand this. And then what's really neat in, in verse 6, he said, something greater than the temple is here. Who is that? Himself. Himself. Himself, Jesus, Jesus Himself, and uh, Christ is greater than the temple. Christ is greater than the temple. Next principle He brings up is in verse seven: is mercy, mercy. He questions their understanding of what they have read. You know, the 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 Pharisees missed the spirit of the law of mercy, compassion, love, and caring. And they brought legalism and added it to the scriptures. Their own rules and regulation. It was all outward. It was not a heart of compassion and love. They wanted to kill Jesus. You see. Did the Pharisees care about his disciples? No. Or anyone else for that matter. They were only critics. 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 I don't like criticism. Do you like criticism? Do you like to be criticized? Uh, Let me ask you, when you go away from here, are you going to criticize me and say, you know what? Boy, he wasn't... Are you going to go away taking something from it and praising God for what you got from here and thinking, as Paul said, on those things which are pure, honest, just, lovely, and so forth. Or are you going to just be a critic like the Pharisees of something that's done here? Something that you didn't like and you're going to make sure everybody knows about it. It's amazing how much we're like Pharisees. Because you are. You are. Do you realize that you're a recovering Pharisee? All you are is, remember, is a beggar 
who knows where the bread is. The Pharisees didn't know the bread, but you know where the bread is. And he's Jesus. So don't look for something to find uh, at fault, unless it's really something to find fault about. Because I'm, if I start preaching heresy up here, you can criticize, okay? And I want you to. If, I, if I'm at fault of not preaching the gospel and I start preaching a gospel of works, you let me know that. But you know, obedience without love, without compassion, is just hollow. It's hollow. And it, singing a praise while you're thinking of a football game is hollow. If you're, if you're not thanking God for saving you as you sing and His great, maybe even tears might flow if it's just outward show. Don't come. Oh, did I say that? Don't waste your time. You see, because God wants your heart. He wants your heart. And he wants you to just bow and say, God, we need you. Help us. I'm a needy, sinful person who needs you. That's what he wants to hear from us. Even from pastors. Even more so. (laughs) I know you know that. Mark 2, he deals with the purpose of the Sabbath day. And that's found in verses 27 and in 28 of Mark chapter 2, he says, Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not a man, uh, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. You know, what it means is, I believe, God didn't come up with all these rules and regulations for the Sabbath and then say, uh, uh, we, let's make man and place him under these rules. You see, it didn't happen that way. No. Man was created first, then the Sabbath for man. Just to make him angry and just to, to uh, uh, afflict him and uh, I don't love him so I'm going to make this day to worship me. No. He did it to help us. You have to understand everything God did and does is for our good. All things are working together for our good. You've got to believe that. Even tragedies and, and uh, dad's passing is, is uh, for good. And we need, to, we need to go there more. And uh, God is not a tyrant. And neither are we slaves of the Sabbath. No. We're not slaves of this. It is not our master. Christ is. Christ is. God loves us, and that's why He gave us this that uh, this this day that we can really uh, worship Him. And uh, I gave the uh, it's my fault. This will be Genesis two twenty three. That should be Genesis two two and three, but I didn't put a comma, so it's not Janine's fault. <laughs> so turn to Genesis two two and three, and it's we just read it, and and Ben read it, and. And uh, it's amazing how God moved him to pick this because I didn't ask him. He just chose this. And it says, uh, By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done and he rested on the Sabbath day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the uh, seventh day and sanctified it because in it 
He rested from all his work which God had created and made. And so that's for us as well. And it goes all the way back to Genesis. This is not just a Jewish thing. This is for, for all man. It was given to help us. And for our spiritual rest, our physical rest, our emotional rest, and our welfare. It really is. Now, there's sometimes when, again, like I said, when you have to work on, on this day. If you're a doctor and uh, uh, you get a flat tire, <laughs> I've gotten flat tires on the way to church. Well, it's the Sabbath, so I can't change my tire. <laughs> but you know what? There's some, I, I know preachers in churches who are very biblically oriented preachers that said, that really think that way. That there are certain things you can't, they, they would say you can't get out and throw your baseball with your kid. I mean, you, I mean, you just won't believe where some people, where some people take this. And so it's not a day of encouragement uh, of reaching out to others, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something else to them. I don't know. But it's meant to be joy and delight. Isaiah 58, 13, and 14. It is, if because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath, that's what we should be calling it, see, a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable and honor it desisting from your own ways. See, your own ways. Can you, can you trust God to uh, supply your needs in six days? I'm talking about now, unless you have to work on the Sabbath like me, because, you know, I do. But are we really trusting Him to supply all of our needs? Or do we have to work on that day? Because we don't believe it. Can, there are a lot of things that, that come, in, come into play here. Uh, seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word. Then you will take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. He will bless us and I will feed you. In other words, that's what we need to be is we need to be fed. It should be a day where we're being fed like no other day. Okay? Now we, we're to look into God's Word every day and uh, uh, read it every day and, and every day worship Him, wake up. But this day for the Christian is a special day, I believe, and where we delight in Him. We re reflect on His creation and what He's created and all of those things that are a delight. We focus on Him. We focus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Animals don't do this. They don't have a soul, uh, and yet they rest. So but keep that in mind. Also, Jesus declares his authority over the day. Did you know he is Lord of the Sabbath in verse 28? He is Jehovah. He is, he is Yahweh. He is uh, the Yahweh of the Old Testament. He is the great I Am. And so what is Jesus saying? It's okay for my disciples to do what they're doing because I am Lord. I am Lord of the Sabbath. They didn't see that, didn't believe that, but it's, it was true. And notice he does not do away with this day, the fourth commandment. But he came to restore the house, not destroy it. Okay? 
He was bringing back the real meaning in his day because they had destroyed the real meaning of, of this day. This is his goal here. In Mark 3, verses 1 through 6, uh, they challenge him. Why? Because they hated him. They were out to destroy him, to trick him. And so he goes into the synagogue and uh, to worship. And, uh, and there was a man there with a withered hand, a shriveled hand. Uh, may have hurt it at some time. We don't really know. Maybe born that way. But it was obvious to everybody that this hand was, was probably smaller, shriveled. But uh, for one thing, his appearance didn't keep him home. Think of that. His withered arm did not keep him out of worship of God. What keeps you out of the worship of God? What excuses do we come up with why we can't come and worship God? If you were coming to see Elvis Presley, I, you couldn't do that because he's dead, but someone like that. If Tom Hanks was going to be here this morning, do you think we could fill this place up? No, we couldn't. <laughs> yes, we could. You could fill up Lad Stadium. But you see, it, it's, that's not what it's about. We should be here to worship Jesus and not a celebrity that would draw attention, you see, because this is the one we're here to worship. It's, about, it's all about him. And we should come if we're physically able to. And there's some that can't. And I don't want the flu, so please stay away. <laughs> What would have happened if, if this man with this withered arm had stayed home that day? Wouldn't have been healed. What happens when you don't come to be in God's house with God's people? You miss a blessing. I believe if God will honor that and you come with an open heart wanting to receive a blessing, you will. That's, that's just... Uh, uh, the truth of the matter. But these Pharisees missed seeing Jesus. They did not understand who, who it was who was speaking to them. Believe me, Satan's going to work on you to keep you from coming. He's going to give you any excuse not to come. But these critics came to accuse Jesus. They came to criticize and find fault. Believe me, there's a lot to criticize and find fault about in the church. We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. I stumble and, and, and bumble. Sometimes my thought's not there. It's okay. Boy, he forgot to do this this morning. He forgot to do that. This. Boy, that's a, you know, you just didn't receive a blessing then if all you are is a critic. That's what these Pharisees were. And I say that again. So, so important. To understand that. Jesus knows what they're thinking. In Matthew 12, he's, uh, he said, they, uh, they ask, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus, of course, says, Yes, it is. Yeah. That's what he's saying here. 
You want to kill me and you're asking that question? To do good? To do good is, is wrong? It's amazing uh, that they were that ignorant. Amazing that they were that ignorant. You know, let me just list you a couple of the rules that these, these Pharisees made up on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, uh, you could get medical attention only given when your life was in danger. You could be treated for something, but only if your life was in danger. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked to have lived in that day, I can tell you. Uh, if a wall fell on you, uh, you were to be examined to see if you could live to the next day. And then, if you could live, they would wait till the Sabbath was over to rescue you. I mean, you think, you, think that's, you, you think that's not true when you hear it. You say, how could be any, anybody be so stupid as to believe something like that, making up a rule that they couldn't keep or if they kept it, uh, that it had any bearing on anything at all? If you had a broken bone, you had to wait till the next day to have it fixed. A cut could be bandaged, but ointment could not be put on it to make it better. On and on and on these rules went. And you just go, wow, this is incredible. In Matthew 12, uh, 11 through 12, and he said to them, What man is there among you who has a sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Well, except for the Pharisees, we'll find out. How much more valuable than is a man... Uh, uh, they, how much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Plainly, plainly. He says it is lawful. It is lawful. But you know what these crazy Pharisees did? They said, well, you can't, if a, if a, if a sheep falls down into a, a, a hole, you've got to wait till after the Sabbath to lift him out of that. But, the, but then they changed it and they said, well, it's okay to stuff stuff down under the sheep and if he happens to get out, that's okay. You think I'm kidding, don't you? But that's the way these, these Pharisees were. They made up their own rules and then made uh, outs for something they, they made up. But Jesus said, no, it's okay to do good. Let me just sum up. Let me sum up the Sabbath day and we'll be done here. There are four things that I want us to remember. It's a day of rest. Physical rest, spiritual rest, emotional rest. Uh, just to recover from the week. To reflect back on the week. To reflect back and step back like God did and say, God, thank you for being with me this past week. Just to reflect on His creation. Are we doing that? And then secondly, it's a day of public worship. It's a day that we come together and focus on our Lord and Savior and worship Him. It's a, it's a day where we do deeds of necessity. The, if a sheep falls into the ditch, get it out. If your car breaks down, fix it. Uh, and so forth. And then it's a day to do works of mercy. To visit the sick. To, to go see people in the hospitals. Uh, I remember when I was in the hospital and uh, I, I had my 
this large tumor taken out that was benign, and I think they took out 14 inches of my colon, and I was hurting for certain. And so this, this young man came in with a guitar, and that was about three days. And I was, I was, I was per, at perfect peace, but he comes in and starts singing these, these gospel songs, these hymns, and tears were just flowing down. God ministered and used that man in a great way to minister to me. You see, that was an act of mercy. Mercy on his part. Are we doing acts of mercy? Or is it all about us going home and going out to eat? Not that those are bad, but where's our focus? Jesus was about doing good. He was about being merciful, compassionate, and delighting in it. Do we delight in it, or is it just a day where we just... Are you interested in the lost? Think about it now. Are you, are you interested in someone who is lost that doesn't know Christ? Maybe it's a day to go visit that neighbor. It takes guts, by the way. It takes guts. It's hard. But you know what? God will bless you when you do it. When you witness for Him and... and uh, what about asking somebody to come to this church? Ooh, I can't do that. That's the, that's the pastor's job. Oh, it is? You know who produces sheep? Sheep. Right? Not that I, being the shepherd, uh, cannot have part in that, but no, it's the flock that produces sheep. So if this church isn't growing, whose fault is it? God's? I saw several hands go up. It's ours, isn't it? We should be loving people because of the unconditional grace that God has given to us in saving us. Our hearts ought to be so thrilled that we ought to just be like I was. I was a maniac, you know. and I was offensive. I, was, I drove some of my friends completely away and they told me I was crazy because I was, I was after them. So... But you know what? We need to be earnest about this, uh, of growing the church. Not for numbers' sake, but for Christ's sake, Amen. for His sake. And praying that He would bless our endeavors. Oh, brothers and sisters, this world's in trouble. Amen. This country is in trouble. What are we doing about it? What am I doing about it? Am I a Pharisee that's just a critic about everything and finding fault here and running over there? Shame on us if we're doing that. Shame on me for saying things at times and I'll catch myself saying things that I shouldn't say. May God give us the grace that we need to live for Him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, uh, that it's truth, it's piercing, it cuts, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we need your word. We need to be uh, on fire for you. Lord, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and revive our hearts, revive my heart. That we would desire for people to come to know you because they're headed for everlasting destruction forever and ever 
they would be separated from you because they do not have the substitute, Jesus himself. Give us grace to do this in his precious name. Amen.